Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a mom and the founder and chief creative officer of Author Accelerator. I'm Melanie. I'm a mom and a writer, and I'm pitching my first novel. Hi, I'm Abby. I'm a mom and a writer pitching my first middle grades novel. Welcome to Mom Writes. This season is all about the ups and downs of pitching. Join us as we prepare to pitch, weather rejections, change course, and hopefully celebrate getting agented. Mom Writes, as always, is sponsored by Author Accelerator, a book coach certification company. If you're a writer and you've ever been jealous of the amazing coaching experience that Melanie and I have had over the course of the last two hundred and fifty podcast episodes, why not head over to AuthorAccelerator.com, where they'll match you with one of their certified book coaches based on your project and your goals. The matching service is free. Or if you've ever listened to one of our episodes and thought, man, Jenny's job is the dream. I want to help writers bring their books to life. Well, Author Accelerator also trains book coaches in their certification program. They have courses for coaching fiction and nonfiction and a course on the business of book coaching. You can sign up for their free all about book coaching video series at www.bookcoaches.com forward slash ABC. And now buckle up for this emotional roller coaster on season three of Mom Writes as we take on pitching. Hello, everyone. So in this episode, we start by talking about agents in the first half um, in my sort of unusual strategy of pitching a series of exclusives. Uh, and then we shift to talking about what those agents are going to see once I do pitch them. Jenny and I pick apart my first chapter with a fine tooth comb. We're looking for any instance that might jerk a reader out of my story. And while we've been saying that your manuscript has to be quote unquote good enough to pitch, your first chapter has to be spectacular in order to snag an agent. So welcome back to Mom Writes, where this season it's all about pushing your work out into the world. So we're back uh, with pitch strategy. You gotta, I guess we're waiting for my decision. <laughs> We are so waiting. Hi, everyone. Hi, Abby. Hi. <laughs> we just jump right in. Who I'm needs an intro? For your, we're dying for your opinions. All right. So what are you thinking? Okay. So I put a star on my giant, um, you know, my giant taped together agent list here. I actually put a star on someone from Jill Greenberg. Um, her name's Caitlin. Detweiler. Uh, I starred her, and this is this is funny. I started to try and deep dive a little bit into her and who she was. You know, she likes middle grade, um, but I liked her voice in everything that was written. I liked her voice in her bio. Uh, if you click on her manuscript wish list, it's like screenshots of a series of tweets which I thought was really cute and the thing she said was I am open to anything in middle grade because you could show me something that I don't even know I want yet and I'm like dang that's how I feel every time I go shopping and so I'm like <laughs> yes yes I like that she's open and I like that she just 
it, she just oozed positivity and optimism. And I like that. I think that's someone that I want to work with. Someone who's going to stay positive with me. I'm um, looking at her bio on the website right now. And she says in all areas, well, it's third person. In all areas, Caitlin gravitates toward the unusual and the whimsical hypothetical questions and ideas that push boundaries and start interesting conversations. That's totally you, whimsical, <laughs> you know, hypothetical questions. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just scanning this and it, it does. Um, so what happened to Alec and the, and the other, was it Jill who had the exclusive Oh, uh, no, that was Holly McGee in Pippin had the exclusive. She only oh. takes the exclusive queries. None of them are off the list, but I was really intrigued by your idea. So, and you can tell me, this is, I feel like I'm still kind of spitballing here. Um, I was kind of intrigued by the idea of giving a series of exclusives, ranking my top couple. And just say, I mean, because what am I in a hurry for? What am I in a giant hurry for? Um, I, if I take my top five and I just go one and then two and then three, I mean, if you hear a no from one and you hear it in a week, it's not like I'm wasting, I have to wait a whole month, you know, they've said no. So then I send out the next one and send well, out the next one. You know, my oft-repeated phrase about pitching is you could hear in 30 seconds or never. So yeah. people laugh when they hear that. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. But when it's never, <laughs> you're, you're like, what do I do? I sent it to her five weeks ago. I've been waiting. I've heard nothing. Like, it's kind of torturous. So um, if, you, if you have patience, it's not the usual way to pitch. It's because it can take so long. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to look um, to see how long they say that when so they six weeks where that seemed to be the thing that I was seeing anywhere in there between four and six weeks was what I was noticing over and over and over again. But I guess after four weeks, if you don't hear, even if you send an exclusive, then you move on. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. But you have to, you'll have to be, you know, sort of, um, look at the agency in particular, what they say, cause they may say, um, you know, if we don't get back to you in six weeks, it's a no, uh, or if you never hear from us, it's a no, then you can choose how long you would wait. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting strategy and, and if you have the patience to do it, it, it could work. Um, some some agents say it doesn't doesn't make any difference to me. I reply to things the same way anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I I like to think I like to put myself in in their shoes. You know, mm -hmm. I do think it's that extra little like oh this person really wanted me. That that's got to just by human nature get get their attention. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's. Um, that's given that they know it's an exclusive that they, you know, that they get to it far enough into your query letter to even, to even know that. Um, so that, that goes to the question of what to put in the subject line, which is of your email. So there's, um, there's, there's a growing, um, there's a growing trend for form queries where you fill in a form on the, 
on the um, website. And so there is no subject line. I'm just looking at this. Uh, she's a Joe Greenberg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Um, we're accepting submissions in all categories, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, email. Okay, so it says your email subject line should follow this general format. Query, title of your project by your name, your book's age, category, and genre, and then attention, name of agent. So there, they have that very specific format that, that they want you to follow. And I get nervous about anything that doesn't follow that format because you don't know. There, there are a lot of people that have, like in the inboxes, that have a rule set up that you know, if it doesn't have the word query in it, it's not going into the query file. So you have to really do exactly what they say. And I worry about putting anything else in there to knock that algorithm off, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, you could then, what you could do is put at the start of the query letter, why you're sending it to them and that you're sending to them on an exclusive basis. So you just start out with that. Um, Instead of putting that at the end. Yeah. I mean, you could do either. It's just something to think about there. There's no, there's no, um, the thing that's weird about querying is that there's super specific things you have to do. Like I just said, like really specifically follow what they want in the subject line but then there's there's not really there's not really rules. People are like, oh, they get really tight. Like, should, can I use this word? Can I put this here? Can I move this that? And it's like it's just it's just a letter. It needs to, it has a job to do. But there and there's requirements for it. But it's not it's not that part of it's not so tight. So um, sometimes it's just a matter of um, sort of how you how it feels like in this case, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of thinking, a lot of work. You've identified these five agents. You've come up with a strategy of pitching them one at a time. You feel really strongly about the one you've picked for a lot of reasons. You might as well just say, tell her that because it's powerful. You know, I, you're my top pick. I'm sending it to you first and I'm sending it to you on an exclusive basis because I just have this feeling because of these things that we would be a really good fit. Make a heartfelt, authentic connection like that. Mm-hmm. Why not put it right at the front, you know? Um, and then here's my story. So I, I think it's a cool strategy. I think it'd be fun to try. And if you can bear the, um, the possible pain, um, everybody thinks that it's, that, that it's going to be like, Oh, it's not, that's not bad. I'm busy. My kids are in school now or, you know, whatever. Like, but then they get into it. I, I mean, I'm not here to throw anybody under the bus. Pitching is really hard, but I, I'm working with a writer right now. who's a very accomplished professional woman who has just succeeded in so many ways in, in her life. And I'm, I'm helping her pitch a memoir that's um, very, very, uh, close to her heart in a way most, I would say even most memoirs aren't, which is saying something. Um, so it's very emotional. I mean, I'll just tell you her mother was murdered. She's writing about her mother's murder. So it's, it's, it's intense. And, and, but she's all just very professional, very calm, very 
cool approaching this in a really, you know, methodical way. And then we get to pitching and honestly, she's like a, she's like an eight year old that didn't get invited to the birthday party. Like she's just beside herself and, you know, just, just cannot like the tiniest, the tiniest hint of rejection is just totally putting her over the edge. And, and I get it. Like, it's really hard. And, you know, so if, if you can handle that, um, I think it's, I think you should do it. You're like I'm not saying I'm going to handle it the best, but, uh, I think, I mean, I think I'll be able to handle it. Okay. I've, this Sean, I, Sean I know, cause I know that's part of the process, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like I'm going into it expecting all sunshine and rainbows. Like, yeah. I know it's supposed to be hard and I know you're going to get no's. Yeah. And I know here I am with these five people that are really my top five and I'm going to work my way down through the list one at a time. And I'm, you know, very likely we'll hear five no's. Um, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. In my head though, I am manifesting all yeses, but I also know in reality. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. Uh, you know, the thing I always say to remember is, the agents need you. They need you. They're waiting for you. They're reading through those 300 queries, you know, 75 or more of which are just like wackadoodle, you know, and then there's a percentage of people that have done their homework and are legit and are, you know, good consideration. And then there's a percentage of people that they're going to read those queries and they're going to be like, oh my God you know like and that's they're waiting for you so you know thing I think you should think about it that way that you have something super cool to offer and and the job of the query is to entice them to read pages that's the only job of the query is <laughs> entice them to read pages and I have to just tell you right now because we haven't talked about it yet you and I worked on your query letter year a year or more ago yeah, and, and your story has evolved since then and everything. But when I read the query that we worked on, I was like, I think it could be better. <laughs> really? So I actually went through and changed a little of it. I mean, I have it sitting right here. Um, and the part that I changed really because, you know, I took out all the romance between Bernadette and Logan. And so that second paragraph doesn't fit. So I changed it to be kind of buddying up. Um, but how do you think it could be better? Because I still think it's really fun. Um, am I looking at the synopsis, Miss Shelves synopsis? Yeah. So like I can read it out loud since, you well, know, the we listeners. Might not, we might not, I guess we want to do that yet. Time. No, I'm thinking we, yeah, I'm just trying to think, do we want to go there? Um, we want to go there where well, we have a pitch strategy for you. Um, and that's a, a thing we needed to do. Um, yeah. Or we can, you want to go there? Or do you want to talk about my first chapter? Cause I changed it. I know that was on the list. For us uh, to talk about. On the list. Let's save the query letter. Let's save the okay. query letter. Maybe we can talk about that next episode. Um, 
but I can tell you just a really quick overview so you can be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you told me that idea of fan fiction of, mm-hmm. of some of the your favorite children's classics, and um, when I read the the new opening three chapters, I think that your story is is way more rich and um, uh, fraught and adventure seeming than your synopsis is making it sound. It okay. sounds like she's just got a little something in her life because her dad's a little weird. Yeah. And, and in the story, it's like, oh no, she's way out there on the fringe and like going down, you know, like in the cafeteria scene. And, you know, it's way worse than you make it seem. It, it almost sounds like my dad's a little weird and I need a friend. And, and that it kind of is what it is, but, but it's, I feel like it's way um, and more adventure than that. It's more, more swashbuckly, more, uh, I don't know. So I think, <laughs> I think it's, slapstick when I read it, I think it's, it's like, cause she runs into the door. She knocks herself out. I mean, who does that? Well, I know people who do that and that's <laughs> how it got in there. <laughs> She's just a hot mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it, um, it felt a little bit too much about, um, the, situation the world and not mm-hmm. the story, right? Okay. That's from Vivian Gornick's, the situation, not the story. So you're describing her situation not what it's really about you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah I think you could amp it up so okay we're gonna talk about that but let's talk about your chapter since you gotta get that right before you can pitch right right and I think so I you saw my notes I saw your notes and I went back and I worked on it and really I was surprised this it was it was so fun to go back because it was really just the tweaks weren't that much. I mean, when I think about, Oh, I got to work on my first chapter. I, I don't know why I always consider rewriting to be a blank page, but oh, really, gosh, it, no. it wasn't. Um, I just added a, a paragraph or two here and there. Um, and I do think it made it a lot stronger. So I showed the argument or it wasn't even really an argument so much. Um, but I showed the conversation that happens when Mr. Shelves tells uh, Rafferty he can't leave there. He can't go with Bernadette to school. She has to go alone. So I want to talk about that because it's the thing so many writers do and, and, and you can't do it in your first chapter. You, you shouldn't do it anywhere, but it's, it's a little thing. It's like a little time blip right? It's like you're going along and then you talk about something that already happened, but we're, we don't get to see what that is. And in this case, it's just a conversation that already happened that we don't get to see what it is. And, and Bernadette reacts to it, to it. She throws her backpack down. She's mad. She's like, why didn't they, why didn't they include me in this conversation? Like I, I need him to come with me to school. And and so what I told you was, let us see the conversation, because otherwise it's like, 
you're telling us she's reacting to something that's not on the page. So immediately, and this is on page one or no, two. No, two or three. Two or three. It's at the but end of page, two, yeah. On page two or three, what you've done, if you, if you leave it that way, is you pulled us out of the story. And anybody who's read anything knows what you want is to be immersed in that story. Like I am in it. I am in this girl's head. I'm in this girl's world. And that pulled you out. You're like, wait a minute. What was a conversation? And as soon as you have that in your brain, you're out. And, and an agent is a highly tuned reading machine, right? That's what an agent is. She is going to, it's going to, be scanning this super fast, being like, oh, this is so cute. This is so great. This is so awesome. And then just like, ah, done. You know, they'll just be something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually really that fast. Like, I can't, I can't have a writer that's not putting the story on the page, you know, and you don't do that in chapters two and three. So don't do it in chapter one. So that was what my main thing was. So you fixed it. I fixed it. I fixed the couple things. I had, um, so basically, she comes downstairs, Rafferty's with her. He thinks he's going too. And so I said, she, she puts on her shoes and, you, and puts on her dress. She's putting on her shoes. She said, we also need to see Rafferty getting ready. So I say, he puts on his nicest eye patch. He's also <laughs> yawning because rats aren't morning people. <laughs> and they head down to go to school. And that's when her father says, Mr. Rafferty wasn't going too. So Rafferty, who, by the way, I made him talk more like a pirate. I had written him more piratey. Sean read it and was like, no, 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 no. He's not that piratey. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, you're not in my head. But he's like, no, no, he's got to be more refined because he's the tutor. And I'm like, no, I think he's piratey. He's just really smart. Like, he's really street smart, which is why he would be the one teaching her. Um, but anyway, so I've got Rafferty in there and he's like a vast with the nonsense shelved. Of course I'm going with the last. I have a terrible pirate voice by the way, which I think I have to practice. Um, but her father says it's not prudent, not in the least. Besides I, I have a pressing library business. I need your assistance with just, just Uh so he's lying. Like he looked away, he cleared his throat. Bernadette got the suspicion that there was no library business. And Mr. Rafferty got the same suspicion because he stood up on his back two legs to look taller, even if it was only by six or seven inches. He pointed a clock, Mr. Shelves, and what be this business? <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Shelves coughed, top secret. <laughs> oh, I love and it. And he pushes her out the door. He literally pushes her out the door. And so he doesn't give them any opportunity to, to question anymore. He pushes her out the door and, you know, Rafferty, she thinks he's, she's left him behind, but really he's, he, he goes it. with her. He um, with her. Yeah. I think that's a huge, a huge fix. I love it. And I'm, it's interesting that, well, the discussion with Sean about the piratey voice, because he's super piratey in chapters two and three, which is why I said he should be piratey in chapter one. I actually toned down his piratiness in uh, chapters two and three. Really? I had him even more piratey. And my fear was, and this was where I had to agree with Sean, I thought about um, some of the things I've read about writing dialect 
if you have a character who speaks in a really strong dialect, um, that you can take it too far and it becomes distracting. So I dialed back some of it. So I must have hit it just right. If you feel like he's really piratey. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to be consistent then. He's got to be piratey in the beginning. Um, So then the other big thing with chapter one was, was there was a sense that Bernadette, she's never been to school. So she's almost Mm -hmm. 11 and she's, she's been homeschooled by this rat. Um, she's never been to school. So this is, this is a big day and she's going to fifth grade. And, um, but I, my head was just exploding with why now? And you, you have this one line after much debate and begging and pleading in tears, her father agreed Bernadette could attend school. And I'm, I'm just like, but why, why now? Why this year? Why did she win? And you don't have to have a giant explanation, but, but there needs to be some sense. I fixed that too. So are you ready? And I fixed it with one line and you have to tell me if I went far enough with it. So, you know, in my first paragraph, I say Bernadette Shelved was 11. Well, almost 11. Technically she was still 10, but she'd already begun practicing saying she was 11. So it was pretty much true. So I, I was trying to work in that thing that kids do where they, they want to be older. They want to be older than they are. And so when I got to that part, um, one day I, uh, we said, where was it? Um, okay. So how could Bernadette find her books, the magnet that would draw her friends together? If she never left the house to go to school, she was getting older. She was nearly 11. One day she'd be too old to ride the bus or go to school. And then it would all be too late. So after much debate and begging and pleading in tears, mostly by her father, Mr. Shelb agreed Bernadette could attend school. So I flipped it. I made him the one begging and pleading her not to go. But I made it more her decision because she felt like I'm getting too old. It's going to be too late. I'm going to miss my chance to go to school and make friends. Which is ridiculous, but also. No, 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 I get it. So wait, the father is saying, don't go? After much debate and begging and pleading in tears, mostly by her father, Mr. Shelf agreed. So I figured the tears was mostly her father. I got it. Um, Okay, so she, her time to ride the bus is almost over because there's a sense that when you go to middle school, something is different. Well, so all the kids, if you think about it, if she's watching kids get on a middle or an elementary school bus, she's going to look just like the oldest kids on the bus. She's not going to see anybody get on that bus that's any older than her. Right. So she's going to think, if I don't go now, I've missed my chance. I've missed my chance to go to school and make friends. I love that. I love that. Um, And and she knows that because she knows about school from her books that she's been reading. And she sees Uh, the kids on the bus every fall. She watches the kids you know, come right. back out and get on the bus and go to school. And I wonder if you could hit a tiny bit harder on that. Like, um, I was thinking, could she have been counting years? Could she, could she, when, could when she, she have, sp- Oh, go ahead. 
when she spies, because um, this is another place you had me fix, when she spies Claire standing down there waiting for the bus and the other boy comes along, could she say something like, you know, I, I comment on the fact that they look to be about her age. Can you slip in something about them being the oldest kids on the bus? Or do I need to put a kindergartner that walks along or, or a younger child so that for comparison, you see that she's the oldest? I'm almost thinking about something like the, um, does Claire have a sister or she? An older sister. I'm thinking about something like that. Like what if last year the older sister was riding the bus, Bernadette and Bernadette, Bernadette, well, I guess it would be two years ago, Bernadette saw the older sister not on the bus that whole last year. Now the blonde girl with the ponytail is the oldest one. Like she sees this progression. Kids kids ride the bus and then they go away, right? They don't mm-hmm. ride the bus. And and so she, I'm thinking she's been planning for this the whole year, right? Like the blonde girl with the ponytail is going to be the oldest on the bus this year. This is my last chance too. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so she's got some evidence and, um, and so that we know it's actually real. She's right. And so then when her dad, he, 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 I'm trying to find it now. He cries and argues and stomps and whatever, but even he had to concede. Yes. This is the, the last year you could ride the bus, you know, something like that. Like, like there's just so there, and, and I mean, I'm belaboring the point and making it sound heavy handed and awful. And I know you won't do that in the text, but the point of this change is you want your reader to feel like it, it's now or never. This is really important. She's not going to make any friends ever. If she doesn't get on that bus and go to school, right? Like, it's, yeah. like it's, this is a moment and, and Bernadette's right about it. And, um, you know, her dad's not a horrible person. He's just horribly out of touch, mm-hmm. but this is something he would understand. Right. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I had originally put in, okay, that doesn't connect back to what we're talking about. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> my brain went, my brain went whoop to a different thing. Um, so yeah, these are just little, like I think of it as um, little tightenings of the screw. Just tighten the screw a tiny little bit so that mm-hmm. there's no, there's no room for a reader's mind to go. Like this is what's so hard is you want your reader to be asking story questions. Like what's wrong with her dad? How come she hasn't been to school? Why is she being tutored by a rat? How come the rat can't go with her? Like you want the, to, them to ask story questions. And then that dreaded feeling like Bernadette knows this is not going to go well. And you're like, oh no, this is not going to go well. Like you want <laughs> And that. your dad kicks her out the door. Yeah. But what you don't want is for the reader to be asking questions like, wait, I thought that she said this other thing was going on wait, that doesn't make sense. Why would, why would she go this year? Wait, why would the dad so easily agree? Like you don't want them questioning, questioning the story. You want them asking questions within the story, which is totally different. Mm -hmm. So not about the logistics of what's happening. Yes. And 
oftentimes um, the logistics, once you put them in, kind of disappear. You know, like mm. they're almost like um, phrases like the next day or three weeks later, mm. you have to have them in there to to pull the reader through. But, the, but it, and, and when writers do it, they're like, oh, it feels so clunky and obvious. And it's like, it sort of just disappears. Or like he said, she said, mm-hmm. saying it five million times, you, you sort of, as a reader, don't, don't even see it anymore. But it, it's comforting to have it there. So it's mm-hmm. like that. Um, all right, I'm excited. Will you send me the new version? Yes. Yes, I will work on it this afternoon. <laughs> Okay, so I'll read the new version for our next episode. And then I think we should, in fact, talk about the query letter. Oh, I was so looking forward to to feeling like the hardest part of this whole thing, the query letter, was mostly done. And so, wah, wah, wah. I know. And it's like, what's so hard is like, all we're going here on is just gut feeling. And but it's, I think of a query letter like a poem, like you can't waste any space, right? Everything has to really work. And when I hear you talk about your book and talk about the books that inspired it and, and just how fun it is, how sort of slapstick you use that word, this idea of fanfic, it's just, there's, there's so much richer and it, and you make it, it's, I don't know. It, it sounds kind of tamped down in the in the synopsis, and almost like Bernie, that's a regular kid with just a slightly weird dad. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, well, like you're saying, the magical twist. She's got a big ass weird problem here, right? Yeah, it's not a small problem, and and it's going to open up a big can of worms. And and I think we need more of. More of not the setup, but the story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. okay. We'll see. We'll see Got how it goes. I know. Uh, you're, you're close. You're close. You're <laughs> close. I know you're like, I just want to be done. It's torture. No, you're good. You have your agent list. You have your top picks. We have our strategy, um, how you're going to do it. You, you know... You could work also on the personalizations for those five agents, like what you're mm-hmm. going to say to them and why you've picked them. Just a couple sentences, cleaning up this first chapter, going to get this query in shape. Um, I'm just looking at everything else here on the page that you've sent. Yeah, we're super get, we're super close. Awesome. So next episode, uh, chapter revision. I know. I know. I know this is ridiculous to say, but you might try writing it from scratch. Okay. I think you've become a much, much better writer since you wrote that query. I really do. I think the pages I read from you was like a whole new level of confidence and style and you know, all the work you've done has really paid off and I bet it'll come out in the query too. So you want a confession? Yeah. Chapters two and three that you love so much. Big, big chunks of those no one had ever seen before. Wow. So See? They hadn't even been through Chemlo. See, that's interesting. 
That's interesting. I mean, that's what happens. And that's what, um, that's what diligent work leads to is you get better, right? You get better. You get more confident. You find your, you know, your, your footing, you find your way, you know, you have a really, really unique and powerful voice and so suited to your audience. And when it, when you unleash it, it's just so fun. So yeah, I dig it. Well, no pressure, no pressure for starting this query from scratch. I just, it's just an idea. Like, see what, see what'll come out, you know? All right. I'll give it a shot. I know I'm the worst. All right. We'll we'll reconvene and see what happens. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.